Hey, I'm Des. And I'm Christy. And this is Woozy Here Podcast. Where we give our running commentary over our favorite and least favorite scenes from horror movies. At the end of every episode, we will be giving our own one to five scale on how much we enjoyed the film that we like to call the Woozy Scale. We rate it using one to five knives, one being the least and five being the most that we liked the film. Each episode will also have a mocktail, or you could turn it into a cocktail if you choose, that we make themed off of that movie. Today we will be watching The Cabin in the Woods 2011. Written by Joss Whedon and Drew Goddard. Directed also by Drew Goddard, this being his directorial debut, having just made a name for himself in horror by writing Cloverfield. This movie is critically acclaimed, and it also won Best Horror or Thriller at the Saturn Awards. It has a 7 out of 10 on IMDb and 92% on Rotten Tomatoes. So fill up your thermos and make sure your tank is full as we place our bets on this movie. We're now in the opening scene of The Cabin in the Woods. Woo-woo. The first thing we see is a nice sign that says, enjoy a cup of fresh coffee. What a coincidence. Our mocktail it's is called, called Mysterious Beast. And it happens to be a coffee-based mocktail. Please head over to our Instagram, at Woozy Here Podcast, to check it out. You can remake it yourself. Yeah. For more details. <laughs> <laughs> so we see our two characters, Steve and Gary. Uh, Gary played by Richard Jenkins and Steve played by Bradley Whitford. Uh, they're complaining about like problems that they're having at their job right now. They appear just to be like in an office. And of course, if you're coming in expecting a horror film, this is probably like the last thing you expect to see. Yeah, you're like, uh, hold up. This ain't right. <laughs> so Joss Whedon and... Drew Goddard did this on purpose to throw people off of the movie, make them think that they walked into the wrong movie. The studio was about to totally nix that idea, and Joss Whedon and Drew Goddard had to convince them that actually it was a good idea. So then we get like a woman, her name is Wendy. She comes up and she talks about how the Stockholm um, project is going south, and they don't know what the deal is yet. Um, really, we have like pretty much no information right now. We have no idea what Stockholm, just Stockholm is or anything like that <laughs> yeah they kind of leave you in the dark about anything that's happening in this building you just recognize that there is a building and they look like scientists or something of the sort they've got lab coats badges they look very they official got ties on and they've fancy stuff now they're getting on a golf cart <laughs> and we don't really know um exactly where they're going now uh they're just kind of talking about betting pools and Seeing if she wants in and everything. If you were just a regular moviegoer. You might think you just walked into, I don't know, like a Wolf of Wall Street type movie. Yeah, something <laughs> about finances. Stock market. 
something about finances and then honestly the title it is a jump scare that is a jump scare i really like the title card though because it does make you think like slasher you know like total slasher if you think back to different slasher films they kind of have that like red like bold title sequence and that's exactly what it has here and i love it yes um our next scene that we're coming up on we kind of get more into our main characters um and so that's gonna be dana who's played by Kristen connelly uh, Kurt, who's played by uh, Chris Hemsworth, Jules, Anna Hutchison, Marty, who is Fran Kranz, uh, Holden, Jesse Williams. And yeah, that's pretty much it for right now of our main characters. That's the crew at the moment. So you see Dana in her underwear, which instantly, yeah. what a trope. <laughs> a naked girl in a horror film. Who would guess? Uh, who would have thought? Who would have thunk it? And Jules is talking about her blonde hair. Well, really, Dana turns around. She's like, uh, hold up, you're blonde. And Jules is like, yeah, you like, do you like? And she takes too long to tell her if she actually likes it or not. So Jules is like, I'm getting self-conscious. Please tell me you like it. A good friend would have said immediately that she looked wonderful. Oh, and she has this weird sketch of like this dude with glasses and stuff. And we come to find out that I guess that's her professor. Um, and she's like in love with him or some shit. Or no, they had a relationship, I yeah, think. Yeah, yeah, they had a fling type of a thing. They had a flingy thing. A flingy thing. <laughs> the red swimsuit. They're ready for their weekend at the cabin. They are ready. She's got such a great like 2000s room. The beads in front of the closet. Dude, honestly, yeah. Like the little curtain beads and all that stuff. It's so good. I like their outfits. Same. Surprisingly enough. I mean, Jules has like half of an outfit on. but Or yeah. not Jules, Dana. Dana. <laughs> Dan has no pants. And then here comes Chris Hemsworth with the football. Mr. Kurt throws the football right out the window, which I mean, what did he expect was going to happen? Jesse Williams. And Holden is literally standing in the middle of the road. Like, okay. (laughs) Yeah. Like, that's not annoying. Jesse Williams and his dreamy blue eyes. Oh, my God. Oh, and this, um, I think Kurt is telling Jules, like, what did you do with my girlfriend? She had, like, brown hair and stuff. And then he's like, what are you doing with these books? Who gave these what to you? What have I told you? And she's like, I learned it from you, okay? I learned it from you. That was like a reference to a drug, um, like an anti-drug commercial back in the 80s, I think. Oh, I did not know that. Yeah. Um, whenever I was reading, that's one of the little fun facts that I saw was that it was based on that. So. That is so funny. <laughs> They're preparing for their trip and whatnot. And Kurt's like, hey, you're in your underwear. <laughs> maybe get some pants on they're packing up the rv and yeah. jules has brought her entire apartment with her literally everything <laughs> and making chris hemsworth carry it oh, i want an rv same i would love an rv to be honest and who rolls up late <laughs> but marty of course marty with his freaking thermos bong thermos bong smoking hella that prop they had specially made it's fully functional and it cost $5,000 to make it. Dude, that's so crazy to me. I wonder that's pretty if it, like, fantastic. Makes though. the coffee taste like weed a little bit. It probably does, I'm sure. It's got to, right? It's like an aromatic. And then he locks his door <laughs> with the window with the down. down. <laughs> and I think, I can't remember if it was Drew Gardard or if it was uh, Joss Whedon that they were saying that that's like the, one of their cars that no they way. used to drive all the time. Yeah. That's amazing. And uh, I think it was Drew Goddard, but I could be wrong. Um, but, like, they had a habit of leaving the window open and locking it. That is so So funny. that's what they added in there. I, I thought that was that. hilarious. Oh, and the so the RV is called uh, the Rambler. And it was kind of like a, it was kind of like a reference to the Hills Have Eyes. So that totally makes sense. They threw one of those little Easter eggs in there for us. 
But that's pretty much the end of the opening credits, to be honest. We made this one a little bit longer because we wanted to introduce our main characters. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, they drive off into the sunset. Not really. It's still day. <laughs> it's still very much daytime. <laughs> but they do pan up to the, the roof of the apartment that they were in. And you kind of see one of like dudes that we saw at the beginning definitely spying on them. So it lets yeah. you know that immediately something's off. He's got a nice little earpiece, you know. Looking very official. Being a little spy guy. <laughs> <laughs> Inspector Gadget. <laughs> On to our first of the four favorite scenes. Truth or dare, naturally. I love this scene. <laughs> Steve and Gary are just like dancing They're in dancing. the control room. <laughs> and we're getting drunk, the it looks crew, like. <laughs> the crew's at the cabin getting drunk. Honestly, I'm totally cool with those cups that they've got there. I was thinking that. Like, how medieval times of them? How medieval times of them? They got steins. It's very Renaissance. It is very Renaissance. I wonder if those were at the cabin. I'm sure they were. They feel very cabiny. Oh, yeah. And Marty's oh, like, Jules, I dare you to go make out with that moose over there. <laughs> and everyone's and like, have you ever seen a moose before, Marty? They're like, that's not a moose. And he's like, okay, whatever that majestic beast is, then. <laughs> Mocktail plug. And she's like, okay, no problem. <laughs> like, gets up. She's like, ready to go make out with this wolf. She's getting that sultry walk on, you know, and just being all flirty. <laughs> those shoes look so uncomfortable, though, to be honest. Oh, my gosh. I mean, that was same the thing with the shorts, the Hollister <laughs> shorts. Those shorts are they small. <laughs> Dude, she's so pretty, though. Oh, she's gorgeous. So they put um, powdered sugar on the wolf's tongue. So it'd be a little bit more palatable, awful pal- for her. How do you yeah. say that? <laughs> palatable. 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 <laughs> She probably got some hair in her mouth. I would be so, I don't know. If that was my truth or dare, I don't know if I would do it. I would. You would make out <laughs> with a taxidermy. Why do you have no hesitation? I would. I'd that? be like, all right, lit. you dared me. I'm going to do it. <laughs> <laughs> You're more brave than I am. We all have a little bit of bravery within us, Christy. <laughs> wow. That was really inspirational. <laughs> I was not expecting that. You know how I be. You know how I do. All right. Dude, she is what? in it. She in in it. Oh, she's getting it. She's licking that powder. The tongue moved. Off. Oh, also, I think the tongue was detachable too. It was made out of silicone, <laughs> so they could like take it out. Probably put some more powdered sugar on it. Stick that stick that hoe back in. <laughs> I would love to know how many times she had to do that take. Oh, probably a lot. That's so sad. I'm sure she had to do it a lot. <laughs> Everyone's clapping and they're like, "Whoa, that was they're like wow, that was beautiful." She did great. Good job. She Good did job. Great. Chris Hemsworth could not be more proud. Jules is like, Dana, it's your turn. And Kurt's like, truth. <laughs> yeah. He calls her out and is like, you won't do a dare. And Dana's like, okay, well, you know what? Fine. Dare. Watch me dare. Yeah, exactly. Cellar door pops open. Boom. Everyone's like, what the heck? in. To be honest, if that door popped open, I'd be like, get out. Let's go. Let's no go. No kidding. <laughs> get in the RV. I would leave immediately, but that doesn't make for a good movie. <laughs> That's very true, yeah. So instead, they go down into the cellar. See, watching all these horror movies uh, makes me think that I would never do these things. But you know what? In the moment, I'm sure we probably would end up doing a couple of those. I mean, if you are going to accept a dare to make out with a taxidermied wolf, wouldn't you also accept a dare to go down into the cellar? Probably. Right. <laughs> Also, Jules is like, Dana, um, go down. And Dana's like, hold up. And she's like, I dare you. <laughs> Dana's like, all right, fine. Biatch, I'll go down there. So she's down there alone with a flashlight. There's like so much stuff Tons down there. Tons of stuff. Looking around with her little flashlight. It's real spooky. 
That's the one thing I am super afraid of, though, is the dark. So if you tell me to go down there, I don't know if I could do that one. Right. My guy. I am scared of the dark and confined spaces, and that is literally both oh, of God. those things. Yeah. I mean, there's just creepy stuff at every turn. Yeah, they're just kind of... She's just walking around, looking down there, flashed her light on this, like, painting or something. She screams. And that freaked her out. And Holden comes running down the stairs. He's like, are you okay? Is everything good? And she's like, well, not really. As you can see, there's a bunch of random shit down here. I'm scared. (laughs) And so now there's, like, a kerosene lantern that Marty finds. Yeah. And Marty's like, you know what? I got a match. Of course he has a match. Of course he has a match. He's got to be prepared at all times. Got to be ready to toke it. Keep that stuff on deck. (laughs) Keep that thing on me. (laughs) So now they're just kind of looking around. Everyone kind of gets drawn into their own little direction of what seems to interest them. Yeah, which, I mean, relatable. I would also just be looking around and being like, hmm, look at all this weird stuff that's down here. I wonder who the heck put this here. I mean, yeah, it would be like too hard to resist. So we see Jules is touching a necklace Chris Hemsworth has a conch. Um, and then Jesse Williams opens like a music box. With a, with a ballerina. Which if you've seen this movie, you know. You know. <laughs> Most of these, which are super creepy. Marty goes towards the film. So they're all kind of drawn in their own little direction. Now, yeah, obviously, we like, found out later in this movie that this determines what haunts them. Like what's going to come out and try to freaking murder them. Merc them. As a... <laughs> As said in the last episode. <laughs> so obviously the diary wins over. Yeah, Dana is grabbing this freaking diary and she's like, oh, let me open this. This looks fun. Spoiler alert, it's not fun. No. They all instantly get distracted from whatever they're into and start listening to Dana. And Dana's like, let me just read these entries from this scary little girl. <laughs> I know. Like That is... Literally horror movie etiquette number one. You don't read things out loud. You don't read things out loud. And specifically, you do not read things that are in another language. Specifically Latin, yeah. I feel like, <laughs> also. You're right, yeah. But I mean, at the end of Latin it... Latin is usually the one that um, that summons demons, you guys. <laughs> Let's not do that. <laughs> it's common knowledge. Latin summons demons. So, so quit it. <laughs> so stop it. Don't Just read the letter. Stop lap. it. But of course, this movie is all about making fun of movie tropes. So so therefore they got to do it. Marty's like, Marty's like, don't read the Latin, my guy. And Dana's like, well, why not? Sure. Like, why shouldn't I? Marty has been dropping knowledge this whole time. Marty is like, my dude, do you really think that it is smart? To read Latin for real out loud in this freaking weird basement that just popped up open out of nowhere. Nobody did it. Marty is literally the only one with sense. Yeah, Marty's like, can we not do that? Stoner, they're like, oh no, there's no way he knows what he's talking about. Yeah, and then of course Dana's like, okay, let's read this after hearing a creepy ass voice. (laughs) Yeah, that's like read it. (laughs) (laughs) I think Marty's the only one to hear it, which is why he freaks out and nobody else does. Yeah, I mean. They are kind of being influenced throughout this whole movie. We do find that out, too. Um, except for Marty, my sweet prince. I love him. My sweet <laughs> prince. And then, of course, as Dana's reading the Latin Q, uh, zombie redneck torture family. <laughs> <laughs> what a name. The what Buckners. A name. A.K.A. the Buckners. Yeah, the Buckners. Well, They're all creepily coming out. So our horror icon, Heather Langenkamp, 
known as our final girl from A Nightmare on Elm Street. Mm-hmm. She does the special effects and prosthetic makeup. I think that is such a cool fact. I think that's so cool, dude. So after we now cued the redneck zombie torture family, we get flashback to the control room and Gary is like, hey, who had zombie redneck torture family as the choice? And we're seeing this uh, whiteboard that has a bunch of different options on it. Um, and so maintenance is apparently the one that chose redneck zombie torture family as well as Ronald the intern. <laughs> <laughs> you go maintenance and Ronald the intern because you were correct. You got that money pool. <laughs> Among the possible choices on the facility's betting board are the following. We have werewolf, alien beast, mutants, wraiths, zombies, reptilius, clowns, witches, sexy witches, demons, hell lord, angry molesting tree, hello there evil dead, giant snake, deadites, mummy, the bride, scarecrow folk, Yes, there are more, including snowman, dragon bat, vampires, dismembered goblins, sugar plum fairy, merman, the reanimated, unicorn, huron, sasquatch slash wendigo slash yeti, dolls, zombie redneck torture family, the doctors, jack-o'-lantern, giant, twins, and Kevin. And Kevin is based off of Elijah Wood's character in Sin City, so he's just a psycho. (laughs) And with that impressive list, that kind of rounds out our first scene. On to the next. (laughs) Okay, so we are into our second of our favorite scenes. And this is Jules and Kurt going into the woods to make out and maybe do other dirty things. Trying to get (laughs) it on. (laughs) And Kurt is like chugging beer and he threw the rest of it out. How dare you? Or like that typical trope of like the cute blonde and the jock. And the don't have sex in horror movies. Right. Never have <laughs> sex in horror movies. But yeah, we pan to the freaking scientists just standing there staring at the screen. Like a like bunch watching of freaking creeps. Little creepers. And, you know, Kurt's or Joel's is like, no, don't open my shirt. And all of the guys are like, oh, come on. Gary has the best line in this. And he says, your disgusting basic human needs gross me out. So get <laughs> out of here. Oh, Joel's was like, I'm cold. So they like turn the temperature so they up a bit. the temperature, right. And this really shows you just exactly how much control they have over it. Yeah. Um, she also mentions like, oh, I don't know if I want to have sex out here. Like, no, thank you. And then they, they put the, the pheromones. Yeah, pheromone mist. Coming out of the ground. And they're like, you know, you want to do it. Also, they start getting it on. Fun fact is that um, this scene, like, w- none of this was filmed outdoors. What? Yeah, this was all indoors. Wow. They Which did is a crazy really to good me. job making it look They did. Foresty. Yeah, they did. That's The crazy. movie magic, baby. <laughs> <laughs> the security guard is, like, slowly coming up, and he's like, hmm, okay, maybe I am interested. I want to see. <laughs> <laughs> he, like, definitely has his doubts this whole time, but he never really does anything about it. Yeah, like, he's like, mm, this seems a little sketchy, you guys. Just a little suspicious. Right. Okay. Taking oh, off clothes. Taking the clothes off. You know, this must be so awkward to, like, film these kind of scenes. I think that's so often. They usually have, like, um, some kind of, like, sex, like, person on staff. As in, like, like to a coordinator? Ta- yeah, like, a coordinator and, like, someone to make you feel comfortable and, like, talk you through the scenes and make sure that you feel comfortable and That's stuff which I is really is good to know yeah really necessary and this this scene right here like where Jules like t- finally takes her top off apparently I think it was Drew Goddard that was like I don't know about like taking off your shirt or whatever but um Anna Hutchison she was like yeah you know I actually I feel comfortable like so I'm good 
And like I said, they have those people on site that make sure that you're like comfortable and not good because that is important. It's very important. Yes. So they start doing it and she like runs her hand across the grass and then boom, an axe in the hand. Yeah. One of the the guys. The redneck zombie torture family. (laughs) Chris Hemsworth just totally tackles a zombie. Dude, he literally is like, come over here. This guy's like, no, let me stab you real quick. Chris Hemsworth is like, no, no. Or Kurt, which Kurt, I'm always yeah. like, Ugh, it's so hard to name. not see him as Chris Hemsworth. I know because he's Chris Hemsworth, man. even though at the time of filming he was no one. Yeah, he wasn't. He was not like a big household name yet. But due to the delay of releasing the movie, Thor and Red Dawn were both released and made him a bigger star. Yeah, after that, it was about, like, um, I think, like, two days after they signed him onto the Red Dawn remake, uh, then he landed the role of Thor, so. He was having really good luck. And, of course, he was a huge star at that point. Yeah. Jules then gets it- caught in the bear trap, and all I can think is how uncomfortable her titties are out. Dude. She's caught in a bear trap. Like, if my bra's too tight, I'm uncomfortable. I would be so upset. So. <laughs> You're like, I'm upset because my bra would be too like off, you know? Right. And not, I'm getting my head chopped off or anything. <laughs> I mean, like that sucks too, but also like your boobs are But my, my titties just had to be out for like, that. Like why? <laughs> Leave them out of this. I agree. I, and then Gary and Steve are like so sad, but also yay, I guess. Yeah, there's like this weird dichotomy where they're like, oh, another one killed. But also let's flush the blood yeah. into our. And they're like, yeah, go ahead. And he's like, oh, deep breath. Uh, just another day in the job. Yeah, just another day in the office, you know, <laughs> just performing blood rituals. And- could you imagine <laughs> just like going home like, oh, it was a rough day today? I could not. No. <laughs> How do you get like your bonus performance? Like more kills? Yeah, more, more ki- the more kills you get. The better performance I guess so. reviews, I guess. That's why they're bummed when things fail. So then after that, um, after that, we see like the silhouette of, uh, you know, this is not me, obviously, but <laughs> the horror. So Jules, you know, is dead now. So the blood goes down on the silhouette. Yes. So the quote unquote whore, as they call her, is now dead. Jules. Kurt tried his darndest. Yeah, he tried. But, you know, close, but no cigar. Sorry, my guy, but your lady is dead. <laughs> She's a goner. Gone, but not forgotten. No, never forgotten. <laughs> R.I.P. Jules. R.I.P. Jules. That blonde hair did look good on you, girl. It did. That's pretty much the end of our second scene. It's pretty much the end of that one. On to the next, as Des says. On to the next. So here we are, our third favorite scene. This is uh, the scene where we kind of pan back to the control center uh, and they're all celebrating and stuff because everyone is dead aside from Dana. Right now, we pan to see Dana just kind of laying on a deck crying, which, I mean, I guess I would be crying too because all of her friends are dead. <laughs> Girl's been through it. And now one of the Buckners, I think it's the dad, comes back with the bear trap and he is determined to kill Dana. Yeah, and he's like, no, nah, you know what? You're a goner, dude. So we see footage of them just like fighting on the deck and he's just like strangling her and picking her up and tying a chain around her neck and all kinds of stuff and in the control <laughs> center they are fully partying and celebrating Dude, they the are death just of having a good time they got beers they got like all kinds of stuff and they're just like yeah you know congratulations we did it 
We did it. Everyone is dead. Except for the virgin. Yeah, except for the virgin. They say doesn't technically have to die. She just needs to be tortured. Yeah. And And, uh, Steve is like, yeah, it'd be a lot cooler if the merman came, though. (laughs) He's really bummed about the merman He freaking loves the merman. And then Electrical is getting um, talk shit, too. Um, I think it's by... That's Ronald the Intern. Yeah, that's Ronald the intern, and he was upset. Or no, he was happy. Was he happy? He was happy because he was in the pot. Oh yeah, he got a zombie redneck torture family. Yeah. Oh, so it's Gary. He comes up to the electrical team, and he's like, "Hey, way to fucking go! You guys messed up with the, uh, with the tunnel or whatever. You guys almost ruined our whole plan." And electrical is like, "Bro, it actually wasn't our fault. Like, we didn't do that." Um, and Gary's like what do you mean upstairs? Because they're like, it was coming from upstairs. He's like, what do you mean? Then we see a red phone ringing, which is never good. Never good. The red phones in horror movies notoriously are bad for um, business. <laughs> <laughs> so the cute, they turn off the music. They get the news that the ritual didn't work Oh, because someone is still alive. Right. And but it's not Dana because, well, like Dana is alive, but like, she doesn't Someone matter because it could yeah it, it could be or whatever but then steve is like who he's like which one is it and then dana's like thrown across this freaking deck yeah she's i mean she is like about to die right she now. she's definitely 100 percent going through it she's through crying it. she's all bloody she's the like bear trap is about to yeah he's got the bear trap body and then but the thermos bong. The thermos bong comes to save the day, and there's our boy Marty. Marty, my honey, my baby. That's <laughs> his man. He comes in to save the day, aka Dana's life. Marty was told to wear baggy clothing through all of this because the actor that plays Marty is actually really ripped. Yeah, he was ripped as fuck during this. And they were like, it doesn't really make sense for you to be a stoner dude who's also ripped. Yeah, which- and trust me, he was ripped. <laughs> Des. I love him. She's into it. I love him. <laughs> so uh, Dana like knocked homeboy back into the water and yep. stuff. Or he knocked, she knocked him in the water and like he pops out and he's like, I'm coming for you though. So they're running through the woods and Dana's, or wait, I think it's Marty who's like, get up in here. Yeah. Get in this pit. Marty convinces her to like get down underground and the um, Buckner that she read out of the diary was coming after her. The one-armed little girl that she read about earlier. Yeah, and we see Marty comes in and he's like messing up with all kinds of... Or he's messing with electrical stuff. <laughs> and like a zombie hand grabs Dana and Dana's like... <gasps> and we see that Marty like uh, tore the heck out of this zombie. <laughs> <laughs> Marty looks terrified. His eyes are so wide. Yeah, they're so wide. <laughs> and he's like, yeah, um, I did that. I had to uh, I had to tear him up. And he's like, are you the only one... Did anyone else make it? And Dana's like, nah. No, nobody else made it. Nah, my homeboy, everyone is dead. But Marty has discovered that there's electricity, which means there's got to be some sort of way out of Finn. Yeah, and he's like, Dana, look, it's an elevator. They had to come from somewhere. No idea where this elevator goes, but Marty is still trying to convince Dana, like, hey, we've been being watched this whole time. I have proof, I swear. Yeah. She's finally starting to believe him, but of course nobody believed him at first. Everybody just thought he was like this crazy stoner kid. Oh, and according to uh, what, so because Marty was like smoking a bunch of weed and stuff the whole time, it was making him immune to like all of the signals and all of the like mist and all that stuff. Um, So he was able to figure out like what the heck was going on. That's why he was, he was in his room earlier in the movie and he was like, what? He's like, who's talking? Who's that? (laughs) What's going on? 
But like you think he's going crazy, but really he just isn't being um, taken over by all these weird little voices and stuff. Exactly. Yeah. The control room, they show you at some point where they say that like, oh, well, he was smoking so much weed. It was counteracting everything we did yeah. to him. So it kept him sane the They were like, how time. strong is this stuff? <laughs> <laughs> so now they're in the elevator. And this is when they finally come face to face with some of the other creepy things that are in this facility. Dana is brave as hell. Dude, honestly, because (laughs) I would be like, uh, it's super dark out there. Yeah, (laughs) I think I'm good on that one. I mean, I I guess like after fighting off an entire zombie. Oh, and the werewolf, the werewolf comes out and he's like, and he's just going against the. Against the glass. I'm surprised it didn't break. That's some really strong <laughs> glass. I mean, I guess they have to if they're, like, storing monsters in those Yeah, cubes. you're right. You're right. And so then, um, yeah, they just keep moving around. Behind them is, like, this crazy mist. Yeah, it's, like, basically a maze of monsters. A maze of monsters. This, this thing gives me Dementor vibes. I don't know what it is. A little bit, yeah. I could see it. But kind of, like, ghostly. It's because it's kind of ghostly and, like... yeah. A phantom thingy. Yes, phantom's a good way to put it. And so, like, there was uh, there was supposed to be a video game tie-in with this. Uh, the Cabin in the Woods was going to be ported into the already popular Left for Dead series. Um, it was kind of a natural fit because the players could have fought their way through both the cabin setting and the underground, like, bureaucratic office. Um, there are still Left for Dead monsters, though, inside the cube facility that we're in right now in the movie. Uh, but they never really made it into the game because the original studio went bankrupt. <laughs> <laughs> wah, wah, wah. Wah, wah, <laughs> and so then Dana is seeing this home dude with the sphere thing. And she's like, they made us pick. Yes. That's when she, it clicks for her yeah. that like they had basically had a choice of how they were going to die. <laughs> so Marty was looking at this creepy ballerina chick with like teeth all around her face. And that would have been from the jewelry I box. think this is the Hell Lord. It That's is. That's what he looks like. Yes, it is. He's definitely the Hell Lord. Yeah. And so she, she yeah, she's like. Terrifying. <laughs> he really, and honestly, I'd be happy I didn't get that one. I was going to say, <laughs> zombies feels very mild compared to Hell Lord. Yeah, that Hell Lord is pretty scary. And I feel like even if I got the ballerina, I'd be able to kill her pretty easy. She's little. Oh, I guess the ballerina must be the sugar plum fairy. Oh, yeah, that's that just true. clicked for me. Yeah. Okay, duh. Yeah, she's a, she's a sugar plum fairy. And the Hell Lord is just, like, looking at Dana with his solid black eyes. Oh, just my like, God, so soulless. And Dana is pissed. Dude, I would be, too. I'd be like, cool, so I'm stuck here. See, there's a sugar plum fairy. See, on the right over here, we see, like, the big chunky dude. You see him? Oh, yeah. This guy? That's a Left for Dead game. Oh, nice. He looks like Oogie Boogie. This is the Shining Twins. We're going to pause so that we can examine all the different creatures in the cubes with them. So we have a gigantic spider. To their left. And we had already seen Hellboard. There's the Sugar Plum Fairy. Right, we see the Sugar Plum Fairy. Above them looks like a couple of wolves. Um, What is that? That's like, I don't know what that is. Um, There's like a golem. Kind of looks like, yeah, a golem. There's clowns. Clowns. A giant giant snake. Giant snake, yeah. Um, the shining uh, twins. That must be the bat dude that I that we were talking about oh, earlier. It's gotta be, yeah, for the sure. Dragon bat, yeah. The dragon bat. That's the dragon bat. This is a bloater. I think that's what they're called from Left for Dead. For yeah. Left for Dead, there's robot scorpion. Let's see, yeah, robot scorpion. This is like an actual, just a regular scorpion. <laughs> <laughs> Zombies right here, like from Resident Evil. I think. Oh, that's nice. what that looks like. Yeah, for sure. There's like a giant toad. Um, trying to see what else if there's anything else oh a gorilla 
Dude, if it was a gorilla, you'd be really screwed. No this those must be from the strangers. They've got like masks on. That's and stuff. exactly what it is. Yeah, that's kind of what strangers. that looks like. Um, everyone else, I think. I mean, that's a lot that we just listed. So and I there's don't know. even more that come up later in the movie. Oh, like, so it pans out, and we just see like a bunch of different cubes. With, like, a ton of different monsters and stuff in them. Um, and you have to pause, like, super, super quick if you're going to be getting there. Be able to, like, recognize the yeah. monsters. And it's just really cool because it really shows you how much bigger this entire scheme is. Yeah, exactly. It's huge. Like, it's, it's a big scheme. It's insane. Um, it's a very cool moment. Very cool monsters. And there's more that we're going to see here in a moment as well. I think that rounds out our third favorite scene yeah that runs out our third favorite scene it's a little bit longer as well <laughs> just because there is a lot of information within that scene that's pretty much it that's for pretty much it scene. for the third scene uh we're pretty much we're gonna jump right on in to our favorite scene number four because it comes right after like literally right after uh, pretty much directly <laughs> follows it um i mean it's a great scene it's, yeah it's after the monster's get released yeah it's uh the elevator scene yes. is what i like to call it yes uh so we show up here and dana and marty come out of the um out of the elevator and we are greeted with a familiar ver voice which is sigourney weaver as the director this is the first time that we know who the director is based off of her voice um <laughs> and so she's kind of like hey i know you guys have been through a lot but like just so y'all know, we're doing this for a very important reason. So, like, can you guys just let us get this over with? <laughs> I love that it's Sigourney Weaver. Me too. Bruce Campbell was originally their first pick, but I think he was kind of busy. So Sigourney Weaver was their second pick, which, I mean, Sigourney Weaver does an I mean, amazing job in this yeah, movie. Yeah, you have to have a second pick. What a great second for pick. For real, she's so great. She's a great She's another pick. final girl, so. Yeah, exactly. As Ripley. Yes. I love Aliens, her. such a good movie. We've we'll got to do that on the Yeah, pod. I was going to yeah. say, we'll have to do Alien. We're definitely going to do an Alien episode. So then Dana and Marty are like, bro, like, they're coming for us. So they take off running towards this control center that's around all the elevators. Uh, they lock themselves in. And... They're like hiding because uh, the soldiers so come and they start at. shooting everything. Yeah. But obviously, I mean, they should know it's kind of bulletproof glass. So Dana sees these buttons. A literal big red button. Yeah, a big ass <laughs> red button. And it's like, well, what does that do? Which you always know what that does. It means release, essentially. Yeah. <laughs> so Dana's like, uh, let's just hit every single button and see what happens. She's so hitting, she hits them all. Yep. Literally so, every button. And I think it's like system purge or something. Yeah. It's yeah, a sy exactly. system purge. System purge. So and she's so like, boom. She and the soldiers are like, oh, shit. They know immediately <laughs> when the alarm goes off, like, oh, shit. And so the they're looking at all out. the elevators and they're waiting um, for them to come out with their guns. Like, what are you yeah, going to do with those? They're just like, oh, well, maybe, you know. And this is like my favorite part right here. Right here. So it dings. Good. The elevators uh, ding and all the monsters, all the monsters come flying come out. out. Like, there's, oh my the, God, there's the tree. The angry tree. <laughs> oh, there's the sexy witch. She is cute. There's the giant snake. We got a monkey bat thing. We got Dragon Bat, the wolf. So good. So all the monsters come out and then lights are flashing red because obviously we're under like a crazy alarm thing. Right. Um, more soldiers are coming. And then they, we see zombies like eating the zombies soldiers that were in the there. Soldiers near the elevators. Blood everywhere. And then cue elevator ding. <laughs> so then more, more there's like just a bunch of blood and stuff. Dana and Marty are like, oh my God. They're like all sad. Oh God, here comes the hell Lord. There's the hell Lord coming out I of the elevator. I would hate elevators. to deal with that one. Oh my God. And we hear them just getting absolutely wrecked. Like one strangers. after another. 
It's fun seeing all the monsters coming out to play with everyone, though. It's so good <laughs> coming out to play. Yeah, what a nice way to put it. <laughs> <laughs> and then as Mar- you know, as we're in there, um, we pan to the control room where they're looking at the cameras, and it's just kind of showing everyone getting like absolutely just jacked up. Oh, completely. Um, the main con- the main control center with like Steve, Gary, uh, the security guard, which I think his name is Alex. Yeah. And Wendy, they're all like freaking out, and they're like, "Oh my god!" Like you know, f- just I mean, they're gonna die. They were never expecting Ew, this, obviously. Oh, that guy's like vomiting in that guy's face. Oh, shit. That is so gross. That one right there, that would be <laughs> such a bad way to go. Like, ugh. Gosh. Death by vomit. And like, yeah, so Wendy is like looking at all these and she's like, well, yeah, we're completely screwed uh, for sure. God, that is so terrifying. Every monster at once. Oh, no, Ronald the intern. Oh. <laughs> he has a sign and he's holding it. He said, please. After he just won all that money. All the lights turn off and like something is just trying to get into the room with yeah. them. Um, the dragon bat flies God, into the room so with Marty cool. and Dana. And they're like running out. They're like, they're like we're going to just try to do what we can. So they're running past these monsters. Uh, I guess Marty has a gun. I didn't even see that he had a gun. Oh, yeah. He's he's had a gun, I think, since they were in the elevator. He got it from that security guard. And then he ran. They run into a doctor and the doctor's like, bro, wait, you're them. You're like the, the dragon people. Bat just takes him down. Everyone is getting murdered like crazy, yeah. like super murdered. Uh, the zombie daughter in just a second is kind of like, what's up? She's <laughs> I think she she's the last monster that comes out. She's just like, hey, hey so <laughs> late to the party. Sorry. The wolf. The werewolf is raging. Oh, my gosh. I don't remember yeah, that part. Somebody's neck. Look at that clown, dude. That Ooh, one, if that came towards God. me. No, clowns are the absolute <sighs> worst of the worst. Oh, and he's so creepy. And then this a unicorn. unicorn. <laughs> She's about to freaking take that Oof, dude out. Impaled with Dang, a horn. Dang, man. That God, would damn. suck. See, here comes zombie daughter. Zombie daughter. Fashionably <laughs> late. <laughs> Hey, y'all. Sorry. It took me a second to get here. I I was trying to murder some other people, but it didn't work out. crazy. Am I right? (laughs) (laughs) And so in the control center, we're fighting off the scarecrow people. Yes. Um, And Alex is getting killed by them. Yep. And Steve is like shooting this other thing that's in here. Gary and Wendy are trying to open up the gate. Um, or like the thing in the basement to get him gone. Trying to escape. They, they really didn't even try to help Alex at all. No, they never cared they about said, him. They said, you know what, Alex, we don't give a fuck about you. <laughs> Alex was giving his warning the entire time and they were like, no. Nope. Yeah, he was like, isn't this wrong? Like, and Steve gets blown up. Well, not blown up, but like there's an explosion blown next to him. by an explosion. And yeah. we see a bunch of fog <laughs> and, and Steve's looking at fog, it. You hear a beautiful You just hear plop. slap, plop, plop. 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 <laughs> sort of fish-like, some might say. Yeah. And through the fog, the comes. merman he's been wishing for. And Steve is like, oh, come on. Like, oh. Like, come <laughs> on. And merman eats his and face off. And the merman eats. And then yeah. Wendy and Gary are just kind of watching this. And they're like, well, uh, he finally got his merman ending. So that's good for him. Poetic justice, <laughs> Let's baby. Let's get this thing open. So they finally get it open. And they're like, we're going to live. And then they pause. And Wendy gets swooped up by an octopus. By a giant <laughs> octopus. Gary gets away. And he's like, let's go. Which, relatable. Yeah. So he's running. And then and he gets stabbed by Dana. Yeah. Gary does not get killed by a monster, but he gets killed by Dana. Yeah. And Dana's like, yeah, um, you deserve this, brother. Yeah. She should not feel bad in the least about killing him. 
I'd be like, Gary, this is all your fault. And I think at this point, Gary's like, hey, you have to kill him. Like, you have to kill him. And Dana's yeah. like, what are you talking about? Yeah. He basically gives Dana no choice, and she's still not really understanding the full scope of things. I mean, who would know about their ritual? Yeah, no. In a minute, though, they do. Like, they meet up with Sigourney Weaver and all that stuff. And but. she explains the full shebang. But, yeah, so... um Dana, Marty trusts Dana with his life, my sweet, my sweet honey boo boo. Um, because <laughs> he hands her the gun, like even though she was literally just told to kill him, and he's like, "Here you go, Dana, I trust you." Ugh. And I'm like, "Marty, you what sweet a man, soul. What a man! What a man! What a man! What a good man! What a mighty, mighty good man!" <laughs> <laughs> we stand, Marty, on this podcast. Yes, we do. Now they're down into the part with the um hieroglyphics yeah i like don't know the what silhouettes. would you call them yeah silhouettes where so their blood has been draining the into the fool the scholar the whore the um what was the other one the virgin the and the jock yes yeah and the virgin is Empty. not tainted because yeah. dana's been alive this whole time right um the creatures underneath are like super pissed because they're like hey where's my sacrifice dude yeah, they're angry. They really want their sacrifice. <laughs> it's starting to click for them, like that this was a ritual sort of a thing. Yeah, and they're like, oh no, like they're identifying it's us. who each of them were. Yeah, and I'm I'm pretty sure Dana was like, it's us. Yeah. And so I think this would be a good time to talk about how like the failed rituals that they had from the other countries um, are actually references to various classic movies and monsters. So like the Japan ritual is a reference to the ring. Uh, Buenos Aires ritual is a reference to King Kong. The Stockholm ritual is a reference to John Carpenter's The Thing. And the Madrid uh, reference, uh, we think, appears to reference Dracula. Right. Uh, we're so not 100% on that one, but... That's our educated that's guess. That's what it think. That's what we think, anyway. <laughs> oh, and there Sigourney she Weaver. is. I love woman, you. The legend. I am woman, hear me more. <laughs> <laughs> Have you ever heard that song? That song's good. I don't it's know. It's by Helen Reddy, if you ever decide to listen to it. All right. I'm going to listen to that. This it's afternoon. a good one if you want to just get pumped about being a woman. Oh, hell yeah. I also, get Shania Twain. Woman. Man, I feel like a Man, woman. Man, I feel like a woman. Let's go, girls. I always wanted to say that into a microphone. You live in the dream. You're living the dream. Bucket list. Check. So Sigourney is going around telling them, like, hey, so this is what's happening, blah, 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 blah. And then she's like, the virgin is, um, like, what if, what, you know. And Dana's like, me? Like, right. I'm the virgin? Right. And Sigourney's like, we work with what we have. <laughs> <laughs> we try our best here. Yeah, we, we work with what we're given. So obviously they're terrified because they realize, like, oh, we we both need to die and be like sacrificed to these monsters underneath. Or at least one of us. Does. Right. At least Marty. I'd be like, Marty, please don't kill him. Preferably they want both. I love Marty. <laughs> <laughs> really does. I don't think yes. anyone noticed. I love him so much. <laughs> so the place is kind of crumbling in because they're refusing to die. Marty's like telling off Sigourney right now. Yeah. And, and Marty's Sigourney's said, like, no, it has to be this way. Marty said, honestly, I don't give a freak. <laughs> <laughs> I don't I give don't a freaking freak. <laughs> All right. I don't give a freaking freak frack. Okay. <laughs> About this. Frick fracking care. I don't care if the whole world dies. I want to live. <laughs> Even though that means I'm definitely going to yeah, die. That means I'm going to die with everyone else. But <laughs> Dana 
puts the gun up behind Marty. And Marty's like, you've betrayed me. Pretty <laughs> rough. I mean, he saved her from that zombie. Yeah, like, that's not fair, my dog. Like, Dana, don't don't give us your crocodile but tears. I think, I think Marty is like, if you got to do it, just do it. Yeah, because Marty, we know how Marty is. Yeah, because we know he's a real one. Yeah, because he is an angel. Baby cakes. <laughs> <laughs> I like that there's been a different nickname every single time. Nothing's been repeated. Hey, I work, I work with what I have. <laughs> Des knows all the terms of endearment here. Yes. And the werewolf comes up behind Dana. And he and just grabs her by the shoulder. And he's like, let me just freaking attack so, you. Sigourney and, and Marty go for the gun. They're fighting for it. How'd that werewolf Punches get down Sigourney there? Out in the face. <laughs> Kills the werewolf first. Still trying to save Dana. Yeah. I guess he's also trying to save himself. But Sigourney knocks out Marty. Dang, Sigourney, that ain't cool. She's so badass, though. And then we see uh, someone is coming down the stairs towards Dana. We don't know who it is. And Dana's like, oh, what is that? She's scared as hell. And she's Fair like, enough. Uh, and then right next to her is the zombie daughter. She was late to the party, but she got there. But she got there. <laughs> she's slow mover, but she's she's there. So she's going towards Sigourney and Marty. With an axe. And Dana's like, Marty! After she tried to kill him. Yeah. Now she's like... <laughs> Marty, no. And so then Marty is like, okay, you Knocked can be on top. Knocked out by <laughs> 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 Oh, man. And then he had to, then he pushed both of them down into the depths. Yeah. Sigourney and, and uh, the little Buckner yeah. are down. <laughs> the little Buckner. <laughs> and because Marty's still alive. The world is going to end. Yeah. <laughs> Essentially. <laughs> there goes everybody. Yep. And so technically, officially, the body count is 69 for this movie, but it's technically way higher because um, 69 bodies like hit the floor during the movie's runtime. But if you want to be like kind of like factual about it and a little, you know, annoying, um, <laughs> the death toll is technically 6.8 billion because that was the world population in 2009 when the film was shot. And obviously the movie ends with the planet's destruction. So which is why it is so hilarious that everyone's like, where's Cabin in the Woods 2? I yeah. want a sequel. Where's a sequel? There can't be a sequel when the world ends. Literally everyone died. <laughs> is it unclear? Everyone is gone, brother. <laughs> there is no <laughs> there is no sequel. <laughs> There's no world to sequel here. They're um bloody and sad and yeah, and they're you just know, like, you know what? Talking it if out. If the world had to end with anyone, at least I'm here with you. Yeah. And then they make out. Haha, <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> but just, I okay. did kind of ship them the whole movie. <laughs> Marty does smoke another joint. Yeah. Damn, he had that on deck. I mean, he rolled like 75 You're in right. the RV on you the You know way what? There. I, yeah. Relatable. He, he only had time to smoke like two. He He's busy. like, okay, I feel like Dana definitely got more wrecked by that werewolf than what she looks like right now oh for sure yeah just a couple scratches on the chest yeah but you know that's part of what this movie does it's it, it makes fun of horror and movies. then it starts like everything starts rattling around them yeah the world's crumbling literally you know what kind of sucks is like them in this moment are probably like and eh, whatever but like people that are at home just like chilling like making dinner <laughs> had no idea this is going on yeah they have no idea about this secret thing like, They're about to find out because those monsters are eventually going to get out of the facility. Oh, yeah, you're right. They probably already have. That would have been kind of a cool scene to show, but I guess also you can just, like, assume it. Yeah, it could be in the sequel. 
oh man and then a huge hand comes through and boom and you know the world it came through over. the cabin and then the cabin in the woods comes on like a freaking 90s or 90s <laughs> like an 80s <laughs> 80s yeah 70s 80s it's kind of like um it, it gives the me texas it gives me texas chainsaw massacre yes, vibes that's exactly the title what i was does. just gonna say total chainsaw massacre vibes i mean they reference essentially every horror movie yeah, some of the biggest references were kind of like the Evil Dead 1981, Resident Evil, um, Friday the 13th, Cabin in the Woods, and Saw. Like, those are mainly considered to be influences behind the film. I do feel like Evil Dead, I kind of, I actually didn't look up if it's the same Evil Dead cabin, but it looks almost identical. Yeah, I've read that the Cabin in the Woods is hugely based off of the evil dead because that is the original cabin in the woods movie. i could see yeah it just is i love evil dead oh me too we gotta do an episode on that too yeah we do this one won though oh man <laughs> so good i okay. love this movie though on to our least favorite scene which was really hard to pick because yeah. this movie has like virtually no least favorite scenes <laughs> we got ready to record this episode and it was like okay says i have no least favorite scene and she was like christy i have no least favorite scene yeah we were both like uh you know what neither one of us really have a least favorite scene in this film uh the closest that we could get was probably the scene where chris hemsworth um kurt flies over the cliff and then he runs into the force field <laughs> that's probably gonna be like and the only reason we say it's our least favorite is just because we like kurt yeah <laughs> we didn't want him to die i mean obviously they all have to die big fan of chris hemsworth so whatever it comes to that it you know we were a little sad we were just sad he had to die so this is the scene where they're trying to make it out and the um the tunnel collapsed finally after electrical got it working uh <laughs> So the tunnel collapsed and Chris Hemsworth is like, I can jump over the cliff. And he gets on his motorbike. Yeah. And he's like, so brave. Let's do this. So brave. Honestly, I would be like, hell no, nah, brother. We can just climb. <laughs> we could actually just climb, though. <laughs> we could just climb over. We can make it. But he needs his hero moment. Yeah. After all, he is Thor. And so Chris Hemsworth is giving them, like, instructions and stuff. And this is kind of where Drew Goddard said that um, he figured that chris hemsworth would be a movie star was like after the scene uh just because he's got that movie star quality you know what i'm saying and guess what <laughs> he's the big movie star now he is so kurt's flying oh, through into the and he gets freaking just plummets oh. down 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 <laughs> keeps going yeah. yep I wonder if he died as soon as he hit the force field or if he just kind of... I hope he died as soon just to make it less painful same for Same because the way that he'd be falling down. Oof. That looks painful. That'd be rough. Yeah. <laughs> and then, yeah, so Dana and Holden are like, let's get in the RV. And Dana's like, no, this place. Something's wrong with this place. And it's yeah. like, yeah, you should listen to Marty. Dana's finally starting to get suspicious and Holden just wants to get out of there. Oh, they show the jock. Yeah. The blood of the, the jock. jock has now... Now he's dead. Yeah. And then the <laughs> RV drives away. Honestly, like we said, we could not really pick a least favorite scene. It's not that we don't enjoy that scene. It's just that it's always sad seeing Kurt die. Yeah. That's probably the saddest one in the series. Sorry, Holden. Sorry, Jules. Sorry, Jules. Um. <laughs> <laughs> Kurt, Dana, and Marty have our heart. Yeah. In this movie. Sorry about y'all. <laughs> sorry, not sorry. Sorry, not sorry. But yeah, that uh, that pretty much concludes our least favorite scene. Um that's about it. But I mean, overall, it was really hard to find the least favorite. Overall, yeah, it was very difficult. 
this brings us to our woozy scale. For me, this is easy. It's a five out of five. Why is that, Christy? Well, it has everything I want in a movie. (laughs) It really does. It has good characters. It has Mm -hmm. plot. It has a twist. It has comedy. It has horror. It has all the monsters I'm here for. Oh, yeah. It has references. It has Easter eggs. I mean, I just personally. What else could you ask for? Really nothing. I agree. Really nothing. Wholeheartedly. That's why it was so hard to find a least favorite scene. It was really hard. I enjoy- it was also hard to pick only four favorite scenes. It was literally the whole movie is my favorite scene. I probably <laughs> could have closed my eyes, went to a random timestamp, and made that my favorite scene. Let's see. Let's do it right now. Oh my gosh. Let's do it. Okay. I'm closing my eyes. Maybe. Oh, All right. I'm going to open. That's it. Oh. <laughs> hey, this is actually the beginning of one of the scenes we picked. <laughs> this is the beginning of one of the scenes we picked. This that's is amazing. the beginning of... Um, the or wait no this isn't the beginning this is wait, um yeah this is, is after she, like, oh wait i guess sexy this is dance kind of right before they go to yeah, the woods you're right. to have sex you're right yeah so jules is like about to do her little sexy dance yeah she's about to do the sexy dance but i mean it's like yeah i think that's a great scene <laughs> like i can't help it i love this movie i think another part of this movie that like really i really really enjoy is that around this time it was very much um excuse my language i don't know how else to put this but like torture porn scary movies were oh happening. yeah like saw, saw and, and right and just like hostile right and personally to me those are not my my type of horror films i think so those were not my type of horror films um and so this kind of making fun of that was yeah. everything for me i just i loved that so for me that's why it's a five out of five. Oh yeah human centipede came out came out in 2009 see so See? it was literally the same year. This was a breath of fresh air. <laughs> it was a breath of fresh air. A it was breath needed. of fresh air. It really was. All right, Des, what's your woozy scale rating? Um, so I'm going to agree. I'm going to have to say 5-5. Five, five. <sighs> yeah. uh, main reasons for me are obviously my sweet um, angel food cake, uh, Marty. <laughs> Not the angel food cake. <laughs> I love him so much. He is such a good character. He's just, he's funny. He, um... You know, he's knowledgeable because right. he gives some facts in this, too. Um, he's aware of his surroundings. So we, <laughs> you know, we stand. What, what else can you ask for in a guy? To be, exactly. To be aware of his surroundings? He's just one big green flag. I love him. Um, and so that's one of my main reasons. <laughs> Another one is, I mean, I do love all the other characters as well. So I just like their banter. I like the way that um, we connect to them kind of quickly. Oh, for sure. Um, one, probably because they're all good looking. Uh, but yeah. <laughs> a beautiful group of friends really. a beautiful group of friends can relate <laughs> um i love all the easter eggs because you know evil dead is one of my favorite movies yes um and so i like the fact that we kind of tie into that with you know the deadites on the like bo- billboard thingy with the title sequence like all that stuff so sure. um all the monsters the creatures, goblins, all that. Steve and Gary are also big highlights of this film as well. Oh, hell yeah. Because I love the way that they converse. So, um, yeah. For it's sure. gonna be It's going to be a five. Five for me. Five out of five. Five out of five knives. <laughs> Thank you guys for listening to us. Thank you for supporting us. Follow us on Instagram at Woozy Here Podcast. And TikTok at Woozy Here Podcast. We hope you guys had a good time. See you next time. And And don't don't read read the Latin. Latin.